Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. It is great to have you listening to the Build Your Success Podcast today. If you're new to the show, this is a place where we build you so you can build others. If you're a returning member of our team, welcome back. It's great to have you. You know, we build you so you can build others through our training, through our corporate events, and through individual coaching. And today we have a special guest to help us with this. Our special guest today is Eileen McDar. Eileen has written eight books, so she's the author of eight magnificent books. She's on this planet to make a contribution by finding better ways to create conversations that matter and connections that count. She's a truth teller and she's a laughter maker. So welcome to the podcast today, Eileen. Thanks, Brian. You know, uh, as we and you alluded to, I've, I've been working through some technical difficulties on my end. And, and so I'm, as you said, I'm, I'm building myself as we work through this. But it's good to have you on the podcast today. Great to be here. And we will laugh and learn through the whole thing. Well, I appreciate that. And I told you I did a little bit of show prep and I found out you are a very funny person. And so uh, I look forward to having some some humor on the podcast today. Now, in today's modern world, you don't laugh. You're dead. Yeah, some of this stuff. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And and you've got to figure out how, you know, how to laugh at this. I was just on a virtual call and I thought this was very smart of the woman who came on. She's a Ph.D., and she said, I have two guests that you might see. One is my COO, and that was for her chief outdoor operator. And that was a dog. <laughs> it's a dog. I said, that's brilliant. You know, you can't get rid of your dog, so he's the COO. Chief there outdoor you go. That, I love that. And, hey, you know, life happens in the middle of these things. So we're just going to dive right in here. I'm going to ask you a question I like to ask our guest. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Eileen McDar? One of the best definitions of leadership that I ever read came from a gentleman. I'm going to call him Dr. V, like victory. He's he's since passed away, but he started what is now the most successful eye clinic in the world in India. And I read an article in which he was quoted because cataract surgery is is big in India. And there's so many, so many of his fellow citizens who suffer from cataracts. And he said he decided that he he could do something about it. You talk about building. He could do something about it. And he said, here's what I love. He said, leadership comes from a place that troubles your heart. Mm-hmm. In other words, you think that you can find a better way. There's something that I can do about that. So when I think about leadership, for me, my why is to contribute how I do that is constantly say, what's a better way that we can do this? What's a better way to come together as an organization, as a team, as a family, as a community? So that's kind of my short definition of leadership. You know, Eileen, that reminds me of that quote, necessity is the mother of invention. Mm. And so I, when I think about how that, that, that pain place, that trouble in your heart uh, creates leadership, I, I like that. that. That's the first time we've heard that of all these questions. So I appreciate that perspective from you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You know, in my show prep, I found out that I have something in common with your mother. And 
although she is a hero, I'm just a weekend warrior. But, but your mother was a pilot, and 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 not only just a pilot, but a World War II wasp. And so, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, you just gave me goosebumps. In fact, I might even cry because her 105th birthday would have been this past Sunday. There were women who took the place of men in the Army Air Force so that men could be freed to fly combat missions in the European and Pacific theaters. Mother was one of those 1,174 women Air Force Service pilots, or WASP, who collectively flew 60 million air miles of domestic wartime duty. She was, um, she was incredible. All those women were incredible. I think there are only like 32 living now. But what they did, because talk about leadership, it came from a place that troubled their heart. When they found out that, that there was going to be a shortage of pilots with Jacqueline Cochran, who convinced Colonel Hap Arnold, there are women who can take the place of men. The call went out. Now, here was the difference, Brian. They had to already have pilot's license. Air Force cadets did not. So they had to already have pilot's license. They had to pay their own way onto an air base at Sweetwater, Texas. But they did every single thing that the Air Force cadets had to do in order to earn those tiny little silver wings. So they are and were, continue to be, you know, my heroes. Because here's the other thing. They were promised that they would be rolled officially into the, into the armed services. They were not. When the war was winding down, they were literally called onto their respective air bases and said, the war is ending. Thank you for your service. Find your own way home. And women were not allowed back in the cockpits of military planes again for 30 years. You would think that they'd be very bitter. None of them regretted their service ever because they didn't do it for, oh, look how great you are. They did it because it troubled their heart and they knew that they could make it better. Yeah. And what, what an example of leadership. And, you know, all of us in life, we can choose to be bitter or we can choose to be better. And, yeah. I, and I think those women chose to be better. You know, it makes me think of the Tuskegee Airmen, the similar <laughs> Uh, challenges and those things, those guys were great leaders as well. You know, right. I didn't know, and I've read several World War II aviation books as a pilot. I love to read those books, but I didn't know that those women were left at the base and get your own way home until you said that in your video I watched today, but also now unbelievable that, that, that we did that to people that served us in the way they served us. Well, 38 of them died in the course of duty. But because they weren't considered official military, there were no military benefits. And in one case, mom told us they had to pass the hat to send the body home to the parents. And because they weren't considered official military, they could not put a candle in their window to signify that they lost a child to the war. And number two, they could not have a flag on their coffin. And finally, in the late 70s, thanks to Barry Goldwater, they were given retroactive military status. And when mom got, I'm gonna cry, when mom got her honorable discharge papers, I said, mom, what does this mean to you? It means I can have a flag on my coffin. Pretty powerful. Very, very powerful. Well, Thanks to your mom for her service. And obviously she's, she's raised and, and helped you become <laughs> successful. You know, I, I think in our life we have mentors and, and sometimes our parents can be great mentors and it sounds like yours was. Yeah. So that, is, that is awesome. Well, thank you for asking me.
Sorry, I get a little teary when it gets close to her birthday. I cared for her for the last six years of her life, so it was a great privilege. Well, that 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 leads us in. You know, that's a great segue into something you had on your application here. What what you did to break the rules? Because I know those ladies broke some rules. <laughs> you had you had this where you spoke to a three day conference, fifteen hundred people, and what you did to break some rules. So tell us a little bit about that. Oh, golly days. You know, I filled that out for you, Brian, so long ago. I'm trying to remember what did I do to break break the rules. Well, first off, when I first started speaking, I did not let people know that I was a woman. I went by McDark Communications. All my letterhead was very bold, very black, and plaid because I'm Scott. It was only when you found out by talking to me that you realized I was a woman and that what I was going to talk about had nothing to do with dress for success or manners or etiquette, you know, it had to do with leadership and change. So first off, that was one of the things that you needed to break was what is it that you bring to the table? What is it that you know? Um, and probably some of the other ways in which I, I probably broke some of the boundaries was getting them involved and interactive um, and also getting them to, 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 when I say interactive, I think that when you are on a stage, you're not just a sage on a stage, you're a guide on the side. So to give them questions so that they could interact and talk with each other, because most of the time they're talked at instead of facilitated to talk with. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's powerful. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Well, you know, that's a great place about your, your your book on resiliency. So first of all, show us the title of your book and tell us a little bit about why you wrote that book, who you wrote it for. Hey, thank you for asking me. I'm going to hold it up. Let's see. Burnout to Breakthrough, Building Resilience to Refuel, Recharge, and Reclaim What Matters. And I wrote this book because I've been fascinated by the subject of resilience for over a decade. Um, and actually, I think it probably was prompted after 9-11 is how did we as a nation recover from something that had never, ever happened on our shores? And then I realized that resilience wasn't just when crisis hit. We need resilience all the time. So as I would study that and change leadership and how do you grow this skill of resilience, what's happened over the last four years, and I'm going to then update it to what happened in the last year, is that more and more people were burning out. They were working hard and enjoying it less. And when I would be asked to speak on resilience, it was in the context of help us to overcome burnout. And in May of 2019, the World Health Organization finally declared burnout to be a global occupational hazard. And when they came out with that, I said, that's it. I just, I have to write the book. I have to do that. That was in 2019. I turned in the final manuscript in December of 2019. And what happened exactly one year ago today, 2020, the whole world went on lockdown. 
and now burnout became burnout on steroids because more and more people are being fried as they try to juggle now working remotely, taking care of a family, possibly being the teacher for for children who can't go to school. They got the dogs, they got the aging parents, but it's all in encompassing in one place. So that's that's why I wrote the book. Yeah, and, and as you say that, I, I think about you know, even when we're in a crisis and, and 9-11, you know, I remember everybody remembers where they were at when that happened. They were live and 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 other people have those trials. And, and, I, and I said on a previous interview I did about how every generation has faced something and things happen and, and being resilient. You know, even even when we're going through a pandemic and everybody has these trials that you just spoke of, these teaching students running a job remotely, doing all these things. And life still happens. Yeah. Funerals still happen. Divorce still happens. Just all these things that, that are so challenging about life continue to go on. Mm-hmm. And, and so this resilience piece, what are some tips and techniques you give people to be more resilient? Well, first off, let me redefine resilience because I have a very different notion of it. Um, so I just take the dictionary and throw it away because the dictionary basically says that an object under stress, you know, is deformed. And when the stress goes away, the object returns to its original position. Well, that's great if you're a steel or a willow tree. That's not true for the human system. We're not going to go back, Brian. There is no back. Once you have experienced something, you are forever changed. As the saying goes, you cannot enter the same river twice. So first and foremost, my definition of resilience is to grow through challenge or opportunity so that you end up wiser, better on the other side. You don't grow, you're not being resilient. And notice I said challenge or opportunity because ultimately resilience is about energy management. Do I have the mental, emotional, physical energy to keep on keeping on? So like Brian, when you started this this whole series, This is brand new for you, right? This is an opportunity and it's taken a tremendous amount of energy. Go, oh my God, how do I learn how to do StreamYard and how do I make a banner? And so there's all kinds of energy that's expanded in a positive way, an opportunity that you see, but you gotta be able to manage that energy. So the, the skills of energy management, which by the way, is not a one and done. Okay, did that, gone, next, bring in something else. It will constantly be changing based upon where we are in our life. So what I think there are four skills, adaptability, agility, laughability, and alignment. And adaptability is basically saying, how many different ways can I approach this situation? So that's one of the, It's if anything, it's the, the positive side of this pandemic of COVID-19. We're discovering individuals and organizations who have become incredibly adaptable. You know, it's not just pivot. I mean, they've created brand new ways of doing things. You know, we've created new relationships that we never thought we would have. I mean, how many people, Brian, have you met on this on this podcast that you would never, ever have met before? You've got some new friends you didn't know you, you were going to have. Yeah, so, so multiple ways of responding to a situation. That also means we pay attention to the stuff we say in our head that puts us stuck Because if you're stuck, if you're saying horrible, terrible, negative, I'll never get out of this, it's just a black hole. And there goes your energy. Gone. 
agility is, is one thing to think. It's another thing to do. So I believe that action is the anecdote for anxiety. So if we become anxious about something, anxious positively or negatively, what can I put in motion so that I begin to see some kind of results to feel that I'm in control of rather the world controlling me? And one of the best ways to get in control, first and foremost, is with our physical body. I've, I'm becoming a devoted runner. I was up at 4.30 this morning so that I could run by 5.30 before anybody is out. Uh, and if I don't run, my brain doesn't work. Well, that's something it puts me in charge of me. So the different things that we can become agile with, you know, things that we can do, um, expressing gratitude to people, that's a form of agility. Reaching out to someone that you normally wouldn't have reached out to. Think of how many people we've read about, or perhaps you've done this, where there's 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 a neighbor who can't get out. They're elderly, and what do you do? You you go get their grocery list, and you go buy their groceries, and you put it at their front door for them. There's wonderful things that we've discovered about things that we can do. Laughability is exactly what it says, which is why I I think earlier I said that laughter is the shortest distance between two people. If I, I mean, look at all the humor that's come out out of this COVID thing, right? I mean, we see those crazy cartoons. We see, you know, different, you know, plays on words. So I love this one. Someone sent this to me. They said, at the end of this lockdown, I'm either going to be a monk, a chunk, a hunk, whoa, work it out, or a drunk. Choose wisely. <laughs> I, so... So humor helps us get through this. And of course, alignment means I am involved in doing something that is meaningful for me, which is why you and I are going to later on talk about how do we refine what is your purpose? What is your why? I so appreciate that. You said a mouthful. I mean, hopefully the listeners are taking copious notes like I am, but I want to make sure they get a gold nugget here. Action is the anecdote for anxiety. And we're not just talking about busybody action. We're talking about thoughtful action. I, I got to believe, Eileen. Yes. Uh, but but, but let's, let's, let's dive into that a little deeper because I think that's a huge gold nugget for the listeners to get. Okay. Well, and let me do it in the context of burnout. Because we can go through a lot of actions that totally deplete our energy. So one of the actions that we can take is to develop what I think of as horse sense. Horse sense is the ability to say, nay, <laughs> or whoa, as the case may be. It, it's a willingness to, to stop and say, you know what, thank you for asking me to do this. Right now, that is not something that I, that I have the capability of doing. It's, it's learning to say no. And for many of us, we're like those little bobbleheads Go up and down. Yes, 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 yes. And not only will it get rid of your energy, but it's very hard to get that back. So that's one of the actions. Another action that we can take is learn how to negotiate assignments. What are we being asked to do? Because everything that we're asked to do, some part of that is probably negotiable, but we didn't ask. We didn't clarify. Well, what do you mean by a report? What do you mean as soon as possible? Is that tomorrow or is that in two weeks? So, so there are actions that we can take that allow us, again, to be in control of our life. What do we say yes to? What do we learn to negotiate so that I monitor where my energy goes? 
That is wonderful. Love those ideas and thoughts and think you can definitely help others come through that. I had a previous guest on that said what, what a lot of people that are working remotely are doing is the time they spent commuting to work and returning home, they're now working. So, so let's say you worked an eight hour day and you had a 30 minute commute. Now you're working nine hours a day because we're creatures. Humans are creatures of habit. And so you're trading off, Hey, I'm getting up, I'm doing my routine and I don't have to drive now. However, they're producing less in the nine hours than they did in the eight hours. Yes. We just have to be careful that, that it's a productive action. And, and I, I love, love these thoughts here. And I love that it, it's the antidote for anxiety. I, I appreciate that one. Well, we have reached that spot where we're out of time here, Eileen. And it's been a great conversation. Time goes fast when you're having fun. So do me a favor. Tell the listeners where they can find you. I'm going to go ahead and put your website up, but also any kind of social media you want to represent. You can find her at EileenMcDar.com. Tell us about what they can find there and then any social media you use. I'm on LinkedIn. Just put in Eileen McDar. There I am. You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is MacDarling, all one word, M-A-C-Darling.com. That was the name a colleague gave to me, MacDarling. Um, I, I am on Facebook, though I don't hang out on that very much. You can find all my books on Amazon, including the newest one, plus on my on my website. And on my website, you can also sign up to get my to get my magazine. That we're just we went from an e-sign and this month it's going to go into a magazine. It'll be easy to read. You can select what you want. Uh, and I try to create as many resources as I can with that. So and you can email me, Eileen, at EileenMacDar.com. What a novel email. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. And, and for the listeners, do me a favor. Share this podcast with others. I know your friends can use the help from Eileen. She's been a great guest today. She's got a lot of insight. So do that for us. Also, leave us an honest rating review on wherever you're listening to this at. And, and I hope you took copious notes like I did. If you're watching this on YouTube later, you'll see my head down and my pen going because we're picking those for what Eileen had to say. If you want to get in contact with me, you can go to buildcs.net and see the services that we provide. You can also email me at brianb at buildcs.net. Listen, it was great to have you listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.